Hey guys, thanks for listening to my podcast. This episode is part one of a conversation I had with Carlos Reyes about some things that keep us from moving forward, not only in our business, but in every part of our lives. With only an eighth grade education and a troubled past, Carlos' life has become an amazing story of God's grace. Now he has multiple successful businesses and travels the world with his beautiful wife, Anne. Tune in and get blessed. Hey, welcome to Chasing the Kingdom, where our goal is to provide hope and wisdom for spirit-led entrepreneurs. I'm John Balawa, and I believe God wants to use entrepreneurs to make the world better. Romans 8.19 says that the world is decaying and groaning for the revealing of God's sons and daughters. And that means the world needs you. And there are problems that can't be solved until you step into your God-given identity. If you want to stir up those gifts, then you're in the right place. Let's get hyped up for today's show. Carlos Reyes is a serial entrepreneur and actually one of my really good friends. I think he's one of the most interesting people in my life. Uh, he's a world traveler. He's so creative. He has this incredible gifting that I haven't seen in anyone else where he's able to take these, these ideas, uh, make them practical, put feet to them and actually create money from these ideas. Uh, and, you know, I know other serial entrepreneurs, but just Carlos has this special gifting that's unique. Oh, thank you for the compliments. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, you know, Carlos, I had a, I actually had a theme that we were going to talk about. I was writing notes and everything, questions to ask you. And then we had a conversation this weekend that really just blew my mind. I thought it was so interesting and I kind of wanted to be obedient to the spirit and continue in with that conversation for the listening audience basically what the conversation was about was that there are many people that feel stuck you know i see it on social media i see it in you know my personal life with friends and family and just people feel stuck um there are reasons for that there are reasons i believe that keep us from leveling up and experiencing breakthrough uh two of the reasons one I believe is that we just are too content, uh, especially in the church. I think, you know, we uh, have this great message of you should be grateful and you should be content with what you have, which is great unless, uh, unless you take away who you're supposed to be, where it start, you start accepting things that God never really intended for you. That could be a relationship, a toxic relationship that you're in. It could be, you know, let's say it, a toxic church that God has been trying to tell you to leave, or it could be a work environment where you aren't appreciated and your giftings, giftings aren't really used. So who knows? But basically, we can be so content that we lose the fire. We lose uh, the, the intention to get stretched. And in order to escape bondage or slavery, you have to be a little angry. You know, the Bible does say, be angry, but do not sin. So anger itself isn't a sin. Um, in fact, I believe it's a tool. I think there are some things we should be angry about. And one of those things I believe is stuff that keep us from being who we're supposed to be, who God has created us to be, and then settling for 
a place and a position that God has been trying to move you um, past for the longest time. The, but there was really the second thing that Carlos and I talked about, the second reason where I believe a lot of us don't press forward because we don't have the vision. We just don't know what we don't know and we stay stuck and God is giving us opportunities to move forward, but we don't see it because we don't have the experience with it. And we're preventing ourselves from being stretched to be able to recognize these opportunities. Um, did I get the the summation right, Carlos, with that? Yeah. And yeah. I think, you know, the, the important thing is, you know, figuring out what we don't know and, and seeing from God's eyes, what can be done. And a lot of times we live in a life and a time, right, where we haven't seen what we haven't seen. We don't know what we don't know. And God will present himself in a way to show us those things so that we can move forward. Uh, and it's our job to, to figure that out. And, you know, we were having that conversation about about Moses and we've probably all heard the the story of Exodus, uh, you know, a dozen times, you know, being in the church. If you, if you grew up in the church, you've heard this story, you've heard the parting of the seas and the plagues and the, and, you know, I was reading Exodus and this is what I was sharing with you is uh, recently. And it, it just struck me different this time. <laughs> um, you know, as, as we were talking and saying, you know, uh, most of the time when we read the story, we, we see the plagues and everything almost as a, you know, uh, some sort of punishment to the to uh, to the pharaoh for not releasing the people, right? Um, but if if you look at the beginning of Exodus, and these are some of the, I just wanted to share some of the things that kind of stuck out to me, and um, I think it's in chapter three where he says, you know, I uh, God tells Moses that he'll stretch out his hand and strike the Egyptians. Um, he's telling him of what's to come, right? He's promising him ahead of time of the miracles that's going to happen. And the, this time when I read the story, you know, God really spoke to me in that a lot of this was so that Moses could see. Moses could see what was what God was essentially capable of. I mean, I think we all know and we understand and we say, hey, God's capable of everything, right? But a lot of times we don't believe that for our own lives. We don't, we don't think like, oh, God can part the seas for me. Um, and, and so God was showing him in that. And a lot of us have examples like that in our lives, but we, we kind of overlook them, right? <laughs> we kind of, uh, we kind of see, and I, I know John, you shared with me that, you know, in your own life, you, you feel that way. Sometimes you don't have the courage to do it for yourself, even though you may have the courage to do it for someone else. You know, you just saying that it, it's causing me to think of all these different scriptures, you know, and when, you know, Jesus couldn't move and do miracles in certain areas because people just didn't believe, you know, they, they didn't see, they didn't see the possibilities. And it made me think about the apostle Paul in Ephesians when he said, um, you know, I pray that the eyes of your heart see the hope of your calling, the riches that is available to you just because you believe, you know, he was, he was praying that they would see so that they could believe so that they could step forward. Yeah, and and after you see, right? So, uh, to to stay in Exodus, where you know where God really revealed this to me is that when you know right about the time where he's you know the parting of the sea is getting ready to happen, 
the you know god said to moses like why are you crying out to me you know some form of that i may be paraphrasing there a little bit but you know he says why are you crying out to me and that was one of the ones that just like i'm like wait why why is he questioning it right and you you put that into context in our own lives and like we have children right and when do we say something like that to them why would we say like, why are you crying about that? Or why, why are you upset about that? It's when we expect them to know already. And so what really stuck out about that when God said, why are you crying out to me to Moses? And he said, just go tell the Israelites to move forward. Just tell them to move forward. Why are you crying to me? It was, you know, it was like, God was telling him like, I already showed you all of this. I already showed you what I'm capable of. I already sent the plagues. I already did these things for your eyes. You should know this by now. Like, just go do it now. Like, that's all you have to do, right? And so a lot of times in our lives, like, God already shows us the path. God gives us, you know, prophecy. God gives us people in our lives so that we can see that, you know, that it's possible and and that, you know, that he could do this for us as well. But we question him before we put our staff in the water. We we cry out and 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 say like you know God why is this not happening or why am I not here or why are these bad things happening or why I don't have this or you know we we question God and we cry we cry out to him and and I, I feel like that's what God was telling me is like why are you crying out to me like you've seen what I'm capable of like just put your staff in the water. Wow. Uh, because basically the plagues were part of the setup. So the plagues were actually part of the process to get them to believe is basically what what I'm hearing. Am I hearing that right? Yeah. The, the, I mean, I'm sure there's multiple reasons for them, right? And God is way more complex than we'll ever understand. <laughs> but but, you know, I, I feel like this is a driving factor of the story that gets kind of overlooked a lot is that, you know, he's he's telling Moses, I, I, I showed you all of this already. Right. And then even then it's like, I'm going to show you more. Right. Because then he says, I'll harden. Uh, I don't know if it's a harden Pharaoh's heart or a harden the hearts of the Egyptians. But he says, I'll, I'll harden their hearts so that they'll come after you. And and you know, and then like, it's like, then everything comes to completion. It's like, it's not without tribulation, right? It's not without trouble. It's, it's like, even though I'm giving this to you, even though you take the step and you put the staff in, like, yeah, the Egyptians will still follow you. The, the, the trials, the tribulations, the troubleship, the, the hardships will still be there, but you know that I'm God. I've, I've done all this already. I've done the plagues. I've split the sea. I've crushed your enemies. Like all of this is all confidence building, right? To to push you towards what you're supposed to do for God. You know, the entrepreneurship journey is extremely difficult. There's so many highs and lows. Um, but, you know, from from this story, from, you know, this, this meditation on the scripture, it kind of just shows me that God is constantly trying to show us things. He's constant, even through the dark times, even through the difficult times, he's trying to show us what's available. One of my favorite Bible teachers, um, his name is Malcolm Smith. And I remember one time when he was teaching, he said that uh, he spent some time with this group 
of of believers and i can't think of the group i forgot who was it but they're um i'm gonna think of the name later but they're really simple folk and they just believe in god but one of the things he said they would always pray for him was seeings we pray for seeings for you and that always stuck to me it's like why why are you praying for seeings and you know as as you go in with your walk and and you go in with getting to know god better you see how seeing is really a valuable thing it's an important thing to our walk uh because you can't even activate your faith can't even activate your faith if you don't see something because faith is a substance of things not seen but but you have to in your in your faith eyes see it enough to believe for it so i think that's why paul was praying for the saints i pray that you see with the eyes of your heart i pray that you see the hope i pray that you see what's available to you yeah and it's not uh right and i know some people might hear this and and hear this perspective and say like oh but you know it's not for us it's it's always the glory of god but that's and that's the point right it's like he shows us so that we can do his will and sometimes his will is for us to quote unquote succeed right uh it's it's it may look like you know you him parting the seas so that everyone can escape that's a succession i mean they they came out of bondage out of slavery and and that's a succession but then it gets all tied back in right it's it in the end it's like you know god puts the he puts the troubles and the and everything up front right everyone can see the egyptians coming everyone can see pharaoh and the army and the chariots and the horsemen they can see everything coming out of them at them and they're going where god told them to go they're listening to god they're crossing the, the sea and then what happens we all know the story the, the the sea closes crushes all of them and then you know it's god right and so i i believe that god takes us from a to z also not also but mainly or or really the purpose is for his glory so everyone like all right let me let me piece this together so he puts the vision for you to see and you can see his power so that you can know what's possible and then you walk in it and then you put your staff in and then everyone can see the trials the tribulations the hardships they everyone can see the egyptians coming and then god is glorified because only through god could that have happened so if we think like, oh, God only wants to bless me a little bit, that doesn't even really make sense in my mind. Because like for God to get the glory, it's almost like it has to be impossible. Because if if everyone can do it, then what do you need God for? Or what or how can you glorify God through that? Or how can you even say it was God if it's something like, well, everyone can do that? So it's a lot of the times where God is trying to take us to is is for his glory and it it needs to be it needs to not only be but look extraordinary you need to be able to see the chariots coming so we we sometimes we think cuz something is hard or difficult or because we don't even understand it that it's not meant for us or, or that as christians you know we shouldn't strive for it and i, I think it's a it's a one a bad way of thinking but it's been taught that way in a sense 
And it's, it's incorrect because God wants to part the sea for us. And then after parting the sea, he wants to destroy or, or show the conquering of everything that came against us for his glory. You know, Moses had to reach out his, his staff in order for the miracle to happen. And as you read that story, there was a responsibility that God's people had. It didn't just fall in their lap. They actually had to sacrifice and obey. You know, they had to leave what they knew. Um, so what is what is the responsibility we have in order to, to see, in order to um, have breakthrough? I, I think the first responsibility is belief, right? It's faith. It's it's understanding that that God can, and and if it's His will, He will, right? Uh, it, it, if it's meant to be. But the the second is then understanding that you do have that part, right? That you do have to put out your staff. That you do have to take a chance. Like you, you know. We it's it's hard to relate, obviously, because there's a different time frame from when Moses was here compared to us, right? But but to kind of put it into context, like I I'd imagine or I'd at least think like maybe Moses was having his own doubts and saying like, what if I put this staff out and nothing happens, right? Like I'm gonna look stupid. I'm gonna look like an idiot, and. I think that's the whole like why are you crying out to me like why are you why are you complaining about this why are you doubting this why are you crying about this like you should know that I can do this already and so you know maybe that looks like today like you saying you know well I don't have the budget that some of these other businesses have or you know or I don't have the education or I don't you know I don't have the connections that some of these people have and God's saying, why are you crying to me about this? Like, do you know who I am? Like, why does that even matter to you? And so I think it's it's having a little bit of that, you know, I, I don't actually like to use this very often, the whole blind faith thing, but but it is kind of a a, a version of blind faith. It's, it's seeing God's power and then saying, okay, I'm just going to trust because I saw God's power. I know who God is. And and probably most of us as Christians have already seen his power in our life. So we can say, we can reference that and say, man, and not only our, our own, right? We can look at each other. So we can say, man, you know, uh, uh, John and Andrea have such a great example of, of what a marriage looks like. I want that. So, I, and I know it's possible now, right? Because I can see it. And so God is showing us even through each other to say like, hey, there's no one person who's better to God in his eyes, because at the end of the day, you're talking about a perfect God. So we're all filthy rags, right? We all like we all fall short. So if he does it for you, why wouldn't he do it for me? There's there's no reason. And we we need to get past ourselves a lot of times. So I, I think putting the staff in the water, I think doing our part, it, it looks like just moving forward and showing up and believing, you know, that it's going to happen. It's not about um, having a certain thing. I mean, look, we've had this conversation and for people who don't know me, like, you know, I'm, I may not be uh, uh, the most successful businessman out there. There's plenty of people doing way better than me. That's not the point for me. The, the point for me and, and a lot of my gratefulness comes from that I have 
only in eighth grade education. You know, um, I, I was pretty illiterate, you know, when I left school and for God to take me from that and say, Hey, I want you to be an entrepreneur. I want you to start businesses. And I, I believe that God has even a bigger vision for me than I have now. Um, for God to even push me in that direction and give me prophecy over prophecy and, and words of knowledge from different people and all these things for that to even happen. And knowing that I have an eighth grade education, that I was a former drug addict, that all these things that looked like this guy could, couldn't, you know, he, he could barely hold a regular job, let alone try to start a business. That's God's glory. That's him. And all I got to do is show up, you know, and, 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 and actually do the work. Right. You know, man, that's so, there's so much packed there. You know, Carlos is being very humble. That's one thing I love about him is he's a humble guy, but um, he's had a lot of success. He's, he has lived a dream a life where people dream of traveling the world. He's built his business in such a way that he's been able to do that. Um, and his businesses his businesses have, you know, blessed other people by hiring them and, and changing their lives. Um, I would like to go back to that into your history. I, I would like to mention, though, that putting your, your staff out is key. And that's the one thing I know about Carlos is he sacrificed. He doesn't just sit and wait for something to come to him. Um, his faith is is active. It it's moving. It's moving towards something, even when he doesn't see. And so, you know, Moses had to put his had to have faith. Everything was on the line, not just not just his reputation, the lives of all the people who were with him, because there was an army coming there to kill them. Who was very angry and full of wrath. You know, a, a leader who. Uh, the Pharaoh who wanted him dead, wanted all of them dead. And everything was on the line. And he, out of faith, reached out with his staff. And that is what we're talking about here is if you want breakthrough, if you want to level up, there are things that you're going to have to do. There's a responsibility that we have. It kind of makes me think of a mentor uh, once told me that, as she was growing her businesses and as she was, was experiencing success um, and she's had several multi-million dollar businesses, but she said, as she was growing, one of her mentors told her to go, even though she couldn't afford, you know, a, a huge house, multi-million dollar house, he told her to go move to the richest neighborhood you could afford to rent in, even if it's just for six months. And she told me that changed her life when she did it because she didn't know what she didn't know. And by doing this, she was engaged. She was surrounded by people that changed her conversations. She was around very successful people that had experience that poured into her. And there was even a difference in the spiritual atmosphere in this rich neighborhood. And it changed her mindset to be able to believe for things that she never believed was possible for her. So because she was in this environment that she 
never even knew existed. She was surrounded by ideas and conver and conversations that she's never had before. And it changed her. It changed her dramatically. And through that, through that process of living in this neighborhood, she was able to see the possibility for things that she never even thought of before. Yeah. I, I mean, absolutely. And there's, there's a, something to be said about, you know, who you're around, where you are um, and all types of things like that. I, I shared with you recently, um, you know, it, it, it may sound stupid to some people, but, you know, we had an opportunity to take a first class ticket to the Philippines and, you know, this is a 24 hour flight, right? So uh, I've taken it plenty of times coach and I've taken it plenty of times coach since then as well. But I, I never forget the experience and thinking to myself, oh, there's, there's another world here, right? There's people who live a different way and thinking to myself, what, like, what do they have that I don't, right? Or, or what, why, can't I be that blessed or, and not that money or status or first class tickets is blessed. It's just learning that there is another world. And look, something that me and you have discussed, you know, over and over and over again, is like, we're not willing to sacrifice uh, our morals our character and things like that for any amount of success or money or wealth or, or any of those things. At the same time, you know, you have to find the balance between gratefulness, contentment, and drive. And if you think that God doesn't want you to, to, to be driven, I think you haven't been in the word enough. <laughs> like, like there, there, there has to be a constant drive in all areas of your life. There has to be constant improvement. And you need to be around the right people, the right circumstances, the right places for a lot of these things to fall in line. A lot of times we're just stuck in our little bubble. And so we can't learn anymore. We can't grow anymore because we, some of us are a lot of times are not even aware of what's out there. And I, I think, look, I don't care honestly what level you're at now, there's another level. And so when you get into that group and you get around those people and you start hearing how they think and how they do things, it'll change you again. Um, so th th there has to be this constant progression, this constant learning, this constant moving. And this is, you know, going back to, to tie it in, tying it in is that this is the staff, right? This is like, you putting your staff in the water and putting yourself out there and saying, I'm, I'm going to learn from other people, from new people. I'm going to see what God did for them and how they accomplished that and what God required for them. And it may not look exactly the same for you. And, and most of the time it won't if I'm being honest, but, but you'll learn from them that it's possible and you'll see from them that God did it for them. And, and that's why he, you know, there's no reason he wouldn't do it for you. And so I think that's why, you know, podcasts like this and, and, and Christians coming together and starting to talk about entrepreneurship in a different way is so important right now. I think we've, a lot of us have the wrong mindset about growth and, you know, and we're, almost scared to grow like if it's going to make us evil or make us you know uh, a bad person and the the best uh statement i ever heard was uh from dave ramsey i mean i'm sure most of your listeners probably know who he is 
you know, when you said money is an amplifier, right? It's not, it's not going to make you bad. If you become more, if you, if you lie more when you got money, it's because you were a liar from the beginning. If you cheat more after you get money, it's because you were a cheater from the beginning. If you give more when you have money, it's because you were a giver before you had it. So, you know, and that, that's a big one. Like a lot of people say like, oh, I'll give when I have more. And it's like, well, no, because when you have more, it just amplifies who you are. It doesn't actually change who you are. Let's go deeper into that first class experience. What was it about the first class experience that opened your eyes and showed you things about yourself? Well, you know, I don't want it to come off superficial in any way because it's not. But I, you know, we've all, the airlines and airports, I'm sure we've all had our, our shares of stories and experiences and, you know, uh, of, with flight attendants and and different people. And I've, I've certainly had my share. But I'm, I remember going to board the plane and um, we had our carry-on luggage and it was expanded. We had way too much stuff in there. But... Um, we had just gotten off a previous flight where it fit in the top, no big deal. And we're lining up for the next flight and we get stopped by a stewardess and, you know, she's pretty, uh, let's just say upset. <laughs> and she says, nope, you cannot bring your luggage in expanded. And so I tried to explain to her. I said, hey, I, I just got off a smaller plane that was only from Orlando to Atlanta. This is a large plane now. We're getting ready to go from Atlanta to Japan. And I said, um, this, you know, this plane could definitely fit this luggage if the last plane. And she said, nope, I'm sorry. Absolutely not. There's no way you're bringing that on. And I, I'm just like totally confused. And I, I'm, I'm a little taken back by her, you know, uh, attitude and, and the way she was handling the situation. But, you know, I didn't really know what to do. Obviously, uh, don't want to get kicked off the plane or not be able to go on or something. And another stewardess walks over to her and just says, Hey, they're in first class. And immediately her attitude changed and said, Oh, I'm sorry. Go, go right ahead. And I remember thinking like, so are these people being treated different? <laughs> like, are, are there benefits to, you know, being here? And, and obviously there are right. Um, and, and maybe it shouldn't be right. Maybe it shouldn't be that way. Maybe the world should be fair and equal, but we all know that it's not. And, it wasn't just that there were a couple of situations without going too, too far into the story that happened throughout the flight. Um, I remember on one flight that we went on, everyone was required to wear a mask and on in, in first class, no one's wearing mask. And so uh, um, what I learned from that was that people were having an easier life, right? Cause they were able to do something else. And I just remember getting off the plane and thinking like, man, I don't want to like, I, I don't want to have those troubles. Like, how can I get to that level? How can I always take first class tickets? And, and it, it changed my perspective in that I realized that the world works different depending on where you're sitting at. And you, you know, here, here's another example is away from the airline thing is that, you know, I remember talking to someone, a good friend of mine, and we were talking about, you know, how do you change the world, right? Like, how do you change your city? How do you change your state? How do you how do you become influential in that way? Because it's something that both of us desired. And I remember thinking, you can't even sit 
at the table with the people who change the city, if you're not at a certain status, like they won't even let you sit with them. So how do you get through to a governor or a senator or, you know, if you can't even, if you're not even invited to the table? And it made me realize that, you know, like we we need to be there and we should be there. And, and Christians should be the ones running a lot of these businesses today that, that you know, secular people are running. And God wants this from us, but we've left it at the wayside. We've left it for the world to take and they have taken it. <clears throat> this is such an important, important subject because. And let me tell you why. Um, you know, I, I shared with Carlos that in my personal prayer life, God has been really challenging me and, and saying that I'm believing too small. Uh, in fact, one of the words that he gave me in, in my quiet time was, I want you to start believing for things that other people will, would think are ridiculous. You can't possibly believe for stuff like that if you're not valuing who you are. And if you don't know who your identity is, that you are a son or a daughter of God, let me give you an example. So I remember, and this was years ago, uh, Andrea and I were doing really, really well. And so what we would do is we'd creatively give. Whenever God would move in our heart, we would do something kind of extravagant to bless somebody. And I remember one time there was this couple in our church. They were always struggling they would never go on vacation. They were working so hard just to survive. Um, they had uh, two kids and, and were really, really struggling. But their character was the best. I mean, if you wanted someone to be in your corner and someone dependable, they uh, this couple would be that. They would give you the shirt off their backs. Beautiful, beautiful people. I remember one... When, uh, one day, God was talking to Andrea and me and just put it on our hearts to buy them a vacation. And so we bought them a whole all-expense cruise trip. And we were so excited. Uh, we were so excited to give it to them. So we had dinner with them, and we had a great time, and we gave it to them. And they were so appreciative. They were like, they couldn't believe that, you know, we would give such a gift. Few days later, I get a call, and my friends like, "We can't take this. We can't take it." And I was like, "No, no, you know, this is this is a blessing to us too. Like, you know, we want you to have this. We already bought it. You know, we can't return it." And and they just refused. They re just refused. So we ended up having a deep conversation. And his answer was, I don't feel I deserve this. We just, we don't feel that we deserve this. And then we went deeper in another conversation. And I found out also that he said um, he was scared to get blessed with money because what if he turns into a different person that he doesn't like? And it was then that I realized there was something really deep 
not just in this person, but I believe a lot of people, a lot of people who judge people who have money or who are blessed, there is a poverty mindset that is holding them back. This guy was being held back from an experience he could have had with his family. You know, I, I believe it was blessed by God. It was something that, it's not something that Andre and I just thought of from our hearts. Like we, we approached this in prayer and he just refused. He refused because he didn't believe that he deserved it. And he was afraid of what blessings might do to change them. And the, we really, we really need to learn not just who God is, but who we are in him, how he really feels about us. And is it true when the Bible says that God wants to bless us? Is it true that he owns every cow in the hill and that, you know, we are his children? Hearing that, I'm going to tell you my, my initial thoughts are like, and I've heard similar to this, and I may have even been that way at one point in my life, but it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a shifting of the mind of that. It's not you, that it's God. I've been asked before people, you know, have told me like, Oh man, like what, what's your secret sauce? What do you, what do you, and I'm like, I just show up. Like there's no secret sauce. I don't have, you know, like I said, I have eighth grade education, like, you know, that's the last school year that I graduated, you know, that I actually completed was eighth grade. Like, I don't have a secret sauce. I just show up and I know God will show up as soon as I do. So like I show up, I know God's going to show up and God's going to do his thing. And I, I, it's not, I think people get too caught up in their own capabilities and their own way of thinking. And they're, they're saying that they want to do it with God or they're saying they want God to bless them. But in reality, they still believe that it's them. And, and, and that lies the biggest problem is that you think it's you like, and you guess what, if it is just you, then, then the chances of you failing are actually very high. But when you realize that it's actually nothing to do with you as a Christian entrepreneur, like it should always just be whatever God wants and whatever God wants to do, then there can't be failure unless you're doing something wrong. Right. So like, in the end, I think people just need to take a step back and realize like they're putting too much weight on themselves because it's it's not it's not our responsibility to to do the miracle. It's only our responsibility to put the staff out. It, 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 God will part the seas. We just have to put our staff out. We just have to show up for what God told us to show up for. We just have to believe what he told us that he was going to do. There's There's no reason to doubt or feel undeserving if that's the case man then we're all undeserving <laughs> then no one yeah no one should have anything you know it's weird because um i was having a conversation with some friends this weekend and i was mentioning to them that when i got saved i was involved with things that weren't christian because I just got saved, but I felt the least judged. I felt the most free 
during that time of meeting Jesus, he never, never made me feel like I wasn't enough. I remember being so in love, so in love because I felt so loved. And it wasn't until I entered the church that people start telling me, you got to earn this thing. You got to be like this. You got to be that. And that's when I started, you know, feeling guilty. But it took a while, you know, once you, once once that honeymoon phase, like, starts to wane down. And, and now you, like, have to think all the stuff you got to do now. And, and so there's a balance. But what I believe, what I believe, you know, especially from that story I just told from that brother who couldn't receive the the vacation is that a lot of a struggle with receiving it's it's a skill i don't know if it's a skill or what but it has to be learned because i believe it's not just monetarily that's just uh that's just a symptom right it could i i know people who people love them but they can't receive love like they just don't believe they deserve love and so some of them go through all these relationships that end and there never is um, a long-term relationship that comes to fruition because they don't know how to receive love. And this, you know, this could be spiritually too. This could be monetarily, this could be uh, relationally, but there is something we have to do to receive as well. Hey, I hope you like the show. If you got something from it and want to bless me back, Leave a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and also subscribe to my channel. If you want to connect with me on social media, my Instagram is at kingdom.moves. I pray that God gives you hope and that you step into everything he's got planned for you. Peace. Peace.